When we peer backwards through time, we extend ourselves spiritually into the immaterial realm. None of what was remains in the present besides what we bring forth from our minds. In a sense, this is what differentiates man as a creature from most other, if not all other animals. The addition of this aspect of man in itself is one of the key characteristics which allows man to transcend the material world, that is, the world of strain and suffering, and become invigorated by the spiritual, to self-actualize and expand themselves apart and distinct from their material struggles. Why should man seek this out? Relief. What does it mean that man should seek this? Redemption. Most men are content with their material worries and hardly consider anything at all beyond their day-to-day. They never, or at least rarely, experience a spiritual moment throughout their lives, despite having true and very real knowledge that they themselves will one day die. There will be moments of shock and confusion upon witnessing those who pass on around them, whom they knew likely quite well, and those moments will be intensely painful, but short-lived reminders of mortality. Are they reminded of their own bounded time? I do not know. But I would imagine that the majority do not want to consider these things, and so they are quickly mentally discarded, tossed away, as if it were so much thought refuse. The funny thing is that this doesn't simply leave the issue alone, even in their own minds. Each next instance of being is met anew by whole morsels of emotion. Each step forward in time is another short chapter in the ever-unfolding reality which is the nature of their limited existence, that one day they will, put simply, no longer be. One must operate under the assumption that this propensity is fear-based. How else, other than awe, could one really characterize this feeling? Perhaps angst? All men feel angst. That is just part of being alive in the real world. Yet, this abyss does something quite unique. It unfolds itself as irrefutable, in which even the layman will struggle to avoid comprehending. Religion, used to hold the hands of men, guiding them through this struggle, and giving them hope and purpose. Most men have difficulty navigating this terrain alone. Perhaps what is needed is for men once again to be guided morally, endowed with an irrefutable spirit, a will, something larger than themselves. Perhaps the medieval spiritualisms have been lost forever, never to return. But there ought to be something there, something to hoist oneself upon to become on high, to avoid the deep pits of narcissism and self-indulgence. If God is dead, as Nietzsche said, our duty as men becomes the rescue of the Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from the depths of our souls. Atheists will no doubt find trouble in this, and for atheists will no doubt find trouble in this, and for this they can be hardly blamed, for they were not raised nor immersed in it. They were not bred for this. Whether or not we are, whether or not we are to see this as a type of neglect is hard to say, but it could be. No child should reach adulthood without spiritual endowment some basic of the ancient wisdoms. 
In the end, it matters not whether one believes God to be the supreme being ruling all of life from his seat in heaven, or instead is the psychological embodiment of thousands of years of ancient knowledge. In the postmodern era, it is all the same. The postmodern man is without the spiritual, akin to being adrift aboard a boat upon the sea without a sail, doomed, so to speak, to kick and paddle pathetically with his legs dipped in the waters which surround him, in a vain attempt to just move. Such desperation exposes ourselves as well to whatsoever lay beneath the depths. Yet the wind blows over man as he kicks. Does he have the sail? but knows not what to do with it? Such is an equal failing as much as not having it at all. And so we see here, despite a material reality, he is not availed until his sail as an immaterial concept enter his, enters his consciousness. The situation is not without hope, but remains precarious until he overcomes the limits of material thinking. It is an error to assume in this analogy there is ever a land to which the sailing man could rest himself. None such a place exists in this analogy. There is no land, only endless sea. To plant man's civilization upon land would be to turn it to stone, to make it as dead as the depths themselves. Man's civilization is always in motion, living, breathing, and dying out when its heart stops beating. Before it dies, however, it must pass on its flame. The best we can hope for is to help others to learn to sail, if they are willing students. Some cannot be helped, for they will not take it upon themselves to help themselves first. We can, however, endow our descendants with the gift of knowledge, our takings from the ancient wisdoms, and keep them alive as our own hearts pass into stillness. The light of civilization, a delicate flame venturing across the endless sea held by man alone, passed through enormous effort to the next generations. Many people do not understand the amount of real vision required to pull this off. It is, a, it is as though it requires divine intervention. Whether you believe this intervener is a divine entity, God, or a reliable and time-tested guide, the material world may show us what the world and reality appear to be but it is the immaterial which guides man as how to go about one's way within it. And without it, our light goes out, and we are cast upon the sea to perish. Behold, man.